Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today on With the First Pick, here at the Senior Bowl, day two in Mobile, Alabama. We'll tell you which quarterbacks popped and maybe even dropped. We'll talk about some non-quarterbacks who popped and dropped. And we'll do some uh, just good football players slash fine young men. <laughs> Me, Ryan Wilson. Joined, of course, by Rick Spielman. He's back on the show, Producer Debo. Uh, what are the chances? Rick, before we get going, give your disclaimer. Everything that I'm about to say from this day's practice has no reflection on what the Washington Commanders think or will do during the 2024 NFL draft. Was that a good disclaimer? No, that's right. Just so okay. we're clear, Rick has made that disclaimer in previous uh, podcast appearances. Uh, you would imagine that the Commanders will be wrapping things up eventually with this head coaching search, and then Rick will be back full time, and uh, or more frequently, you're already full time. But here we are, Rick, Mobile, Alabama. Day two for me, day one for you. Got in last night. Uh, what were your initial impressions uh, on another sunny day here at Hancock Whitney Stadium? Yeah, no, the initial impressions was I appreciate Debo sending the with a first pick private jet to get me here on time no, so I could be here for today's practice and comment a little bit. But I thought just overall in general, I thought the quarterback group was much better than the quarterback group here last year. There are a lot of guys with some natural talent that I was very impressed with. Uh, the receiver group and the DB group also impressed me, uh, as well as some of these offensive linemen that I think we're going to talk about shortly. But overall, if you look at the roster and you look at at least what I saw today, which was my first exposure, I thought this was a more talented class than we saw last year at this time. No, I agree with that. And quickly, I actually quizzed you when we were watching practice about last year's QB class and uh, the old memory bank still works there. You, you got uh, Clayton Toon, Tyson Bajant, Jake Hainer, Jaron Hall, Max Duggan were uh, the quarterbacks here last year. And we were trying to find things to like about those players. Uh, none. One went in round three. I think the rest were either day three or undrafted in Tyson Bajant's case. And we've talked about Tyson Bajant. Uh, Lee Jay and I talked about him yesterday and we talked about him a little bit last week in terms of you can't let this be the ultimate determined determinant of, of whether you're going to be good or not, but he struggled here last week, uh, last year. This year, it's a completely different story. So let's talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, in the first group, one team is Sam Hartman, Michael Penix Jr., and Bo Nix. And let's start there, and I'll ask you this. This is the question I asked Lisa yesterday. How important is it 
that Jim Nagy, the director, put Bo Nix and Michael Penix on the same team so you can see those reps back-to-back. Yeah, and that's why they do that. They don't divide, especially the quarterback position. Jim Nagy does a phenomenal job of trying to accommodate the scouts. So if Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. are battling for a spot on who could potentially go in the first round or teams want to see these two stack together, as an evaluator, you get more from watching practice when you see them thrown back to back than you do if they were on opposite teams for the game. So the most important part of this whole process is these players competing during practice. The game, everybody will go back to the office. They don't stay for the game. Watch the game on tape. See if anything uh, clear. I'll be here at the game. Oh, yeah, you'll be here at the game just because you get to go to Super Bowl. So some of us have to go home, but that's a whole other story. So anyway, uh, but the most important part is the one-on-one drills and for the scouts and the coaches and everybody here as talent evaluators, getting to see these guys perform one last time in pads before you get into the pre-draft T-shirt and short part of the uh, process. You talk about it all last spring during our pro day tour, how important it is to see these players in person. Uh, I told you early on when the, I think this is the, the national team was warming up. Michael Penix Jr. I said, take a look at his hands. It looks like E.T. His hands are so long, 10 inches and three eighths, which is, if you don't know, that's enormous for anyone's hands, much less quarterbacks. Uh, Kenny Pickett had sub nine hands and that was a concern. Joe Burrow had around nine inch hands. That was a considered too small. Obviously it doesn't necessarily determine whether he can be a good quarterback or not. I said it earlier today in HQ and yesterday with Ligier, I thought this quarterback class has looked pretty crisp. I haven't had a lot of things I can point to and say, oh, that's clearly a concern. They're, the inaccuracy is showing itself. Uh, the indecision-making is, is making it its, itself known. I haven't had any of those issues. Anything you stand out in day, day one of practice for you? Yeah, no. Well, day two of practice for me. My day one, your day two. But um, I Thank thought, you. you know, just in general, like we talked about earlier, this quarterback class is way more talented just on what I've seen. You do all this evaluation that we've done during the fall. You watch all the tape, but it's great to come out and verify what you've seen on tape. One of the things that really stuck out to me on Michael Penix Jr., even though he had some misses, is just the natural arm talent and how easy the ball comes off of his, as you put it, ET hands, which I've never <laughs> heard before. But just came to me. <laughs> yeah, that's that boy. That's a great uh, scouting, scouting term. term. There yeah, you go. you're welcome. <laughs> Boy, let me write that down. Yeah, make a note. I'll I'll text it to you. (laughs) But Bo Nix, I think, was impressive. I still have some issues on him. Sorry, that's Michael Penix Jr. No, Bo Nix, I just saw your watch. Uh, I didn't like what you're about to say. So, but uh, What are your issues with Bo Nix? Because I think he's been... I think he's athletic. I think he has enough arm talent. I just want to see him have to process from the pocket. I think he can make plays off schedule and outside the pocket. I just want to see him, if he has to sit there read and get through his progressions how quickly he can do that okay. so uh the guy that probably was a drop for me today was sam hartman the receiver or the uh, quarterback from notre dame can i tell you why for people listening before you tell us why okay because i said to you while they were taking a break i said look at sam hartman out there talking to some of the media members <laughs> are you jealous that his Tastes better than your hair, and you immediately started. You took out your red pen and started making marks next to his name. So go ahead, tell tell us why you put him as a drop today. Okay, well let's see when he gets my age if he still has hair. <laughs> there it is. Because some people do not have hair. How dare you? That are actually younger than me. So. <laughs> 
All right. But sorry, sorry, I brought it up. Go ahead. Tell us, tell us really why. I just adopted. think when you watch Bo Nix, the ball come out of his hands. Uh, when you watch Michael Penix Jr. and the ball come out of his hands, I just didn't see that same zip coming out of Hartman's. But we so, knew that coming in, though, right? We, yeah, but it just verified it. Just okay. there watching. And the one thing I know is that he is a touch timing and rhythm thrower. Yeah. And when you haven't worked with this group of receivers or this group of tight ends. Sometimes that touch and timing is going to look a little off until you get that rhythm. But uh, as far as comparing him to the other two, I thought he was behind those guys and what I saw today. No, I agree with that. I thought he actually showed some touch on the deep balls and the one-on-ones the one -on -ones with the receivers and the DBs. But, again, I don't know how much you stock you can put into that. New receivers, new system, a few ha handful of practices you're trying to sort through. But I, I, it didn't strike me that he was out of place. You didn't think that. No, he's yeah. not out of place. I'm just saying you, you got two pretty good quarterbacks yeah. on the same team. And when you're, like I said earlier, you're evaluating and you're doing Penix Jr. and you're doing Bo Nix, and then you got Hartman behind him. Right. So in terms of uh, last year's draft class, would you take Hartman over Aiden O'Connell? Or where, like, where does he slot in? I think in? he's right in that yeah, range that feels because right. Aiden O'Connell was a touch timing thrower. Yep. You know, And even when you watched him and played pretty good for the Las Vegas Raiders as a rookie, he's not a great athlete. I thought Sam Hartman was a little bit better mover, but I wouldn't put him in a class of defensive coordinators who are going to be up at night right. uh, trying to make sure that he doesn't beat them with their legs at the next level. But similar traits as far as arm strength, as far as being that touch timing rhythm type thrower. Yeah, and he actually showed a little athleticism here that we saw at time in Notre Dame uh, this season, but not may, maybe as frequently as as uh, he would have liked anyway. All right, let's go to the other side and talk about those quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, this group, I don't want to say they're get, getting second shift because everything's about Penix and Knicks, but Spencer Rattler, Michael Pratt, uh, Joe Milton III, and Clark Bradley, who's Gus Bradley's son, South Alabama quarterback, all these guys can sling it. Yeah, they all were impressive today. And and I haven't seen uh, Coach Bradley's son on tape. And I was very impressed with the way the ball came off of his hand today and some of the accuracy in the one-on-one -on -one and some of the seven-on-seven -seven drills that we've seen. I thought all the quarterbacks on this side, there's no question about the arm talent. Spencer Rattler, me and you having a disagreement. You want to <laughs> draft him in a top 10. I would draft him in the bottom 10. Of, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, is but, he a day two guy for you? Seriously? I think he, this will be a big week for him. Because he's only six feet. Right. And change. But I love the way the ball came out Oof. of his hands. Yes. Uh, and he does have the arm strength to make all the throws necessary at the NFL level. I just still question his decision processing. No, and, that's fair. And that's the one thing that I think down here yesterday – I read, and you told me that he threw an interception. For the team, uh, yeah. yeah, and he, he took care of the ball better today. But there's something you can't turn the ball over at the next level. And uh, that is one thing that I think has held him back from maybe creeping up into top four or five quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, arm talent, he probably is. But the other part of the process, and I don't know, we haven't interviewed him. I don't know what's going on in the interviews at night why he's making some of those decisions that he makes on college tape. Uh, but I'm sure teams are trying to get to the bottom of it. If I had to guess, it's because the offensive line stunk and there's one player he could throw the ball to, and it was that or nothing. And you're playing in the SEC and you're outmanned. That'd be my answer if I'm him. Yeah. What well, do you say to that? If that's what I tell you. Are you his agent? No, if I'm in the interview, then, I just okay, around. Then, then you're, then you're uh, making excuses. So, um, we talked about Michael Pratt in the fall. Uh, I think um, we just as a quarterback, we were going to go over. And we liked him, but didn't love him. 
I get a different sense of who he is. Maybe he's healthier. He had some he had some injuries he dealt with early in the year, missed some games. He's looked pretty sharp. Yeah, no, he's had a good at least today. What I've saw live, I, 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 his arm was better than I anticipated. Yeah, for sure, uh, he does come up. The ball comes off. He had some very good accuracy on some of the throws he made. So uh, I thought he looked better in person than what I seen on college tape earlier this year. And finally, Joe Milton, who we haven't really talked about, and I think that might be a good thing in the same way when you don't talk about the refs, that's a good thing during the game. He hasn't – the ball hasn't been misfiring, which is one of the things that plagued him in his college career. The arm strength is through the roof. Uh, yesterday at practice, the Senior Bowl timed him at 76 miles an hour throwing the football, which is bonkers. That's a literally, like, literally World Series fastball. That's how hard that thing is. Has he – do you feel better about where he is in his – Pre-draft yeah. journey? Well, I got an opportunity to see him play live versus Alabama this year. Oh, that's I, right. Yeah. I think he was underrated as an athlete. Uh, there's no question about the size. I think the arm talent is he probably has the biggest cannon, pose, whatever you want to term, strongest arm. I don't know about his touch and timing at times. Yeah. And even when I watched him live and I seen some of it in today's team period, there's just some hesitation in his C to do on trying to process through the coverages he's trying to read. And unlike Anthony Richardson a year ago, he'd only started 13 or whatever that number ended up being when he left Florida. Joe Milton's been on the block. He's at Michigan. Then he transferred to Tennessee. So he's played some football games. So th that's, I would imagine, also part of the evaluation process that he's not chicken when it comes to college football games. No, no. And he, and he has, like I said, he's bounced around and, and, uh, but, yeah, if you're trying to say that he's the same athlete, that no, just in terms is. of the big arm and but one has is long on experience, one is short on college experience. Yeah, but I, uh, how many games has he started? I'm I'm asking. I, I don't know. So, if you'd asked me before the podcast, I'd looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he started this year at Tennessee, but yeah. you know, he hasn't been a starter through his career, has he? Unless no, I no, that's why he left Michigan. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think he's just a one-year guy as well. Okay, so you'll cut him a break, even though he's three or four years older, however much older he is than Anthony Richardson. Right, right. Yeah. And the reason is, I think, uh, as evaluators, we used to be concerned when they became 24, 25 years old. Right. The quarterback position, because then it's like, by the time they develop, they're going to be 28, 29 years old. Well, with the new rules in the NFL, with the safety rules on how they protect the quarterback, these guys are playing a lot longer. You're seeing guys not even hit their peak sometime to the early 30s and right. playing at a high level into the late 30s. So I don't think it is a, a big of issue as maybe it was seven, eight years ago. Debo on the spot, 21 college starts for Joe Milton. So not a ton. No. Uh, a handful more than – Is Debo not allowed to talk to me either? That's why he's communicating with you and I don't have a headset on today? He specifically asked that he didn't want to talk to you. <laughs> he's mad at you for not – being back full-time, but that's coming. Don't fret. All right, so those are the quarterbacks on both sides. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Talk about some non-QB popper drops right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Rick. Break's over. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're not uh, PJ in your life uh, all over the globe right now we're doing podcasting all right so let's talk about some non-quarterbacks pop or drop wise you want to go first with a pop uh go ahead i'll follow your lead since i'm just kind of uh in limbo right now so you're the like i said i'm trying to get back to being that scout in the corner for you to give you some yeah. opinion so you're the gm take the lead and i'll try to correct you as you go along that's how it goes all right let's go with marcus rosemey jack saint oh don't talk about my guy oh he's your guy he's on your list he was on my list originally. You didn't even know who the heck he was when we did well, the had dinner preview with his, of the Senior Bowl. Had dinner with his agent last night, but uh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, now because I get led you on to yeah. him. Actually, that Emory knew him. I just happened to stop by. But uh, you're right. I watched him after you had seen him. He had zero drops last fall, and he actually had a drop today, and you heard him yell and scream. He wasn't happy about it. It was a tough catch on the sidelines. He didn't make it, but he clearly thought he should have. And I call him the other Georgia wide receiver, which is unfair to him because Lad McConkey's the one that everyone probably knows. But as I mentioned, no drops. Uh, he's smooth. He's bigger than perhaps he looks like on tape. And uh, he had a good day yesterday, and I thought he had a good day today. It's one of those situations where he comes here. Uh, here am I. <laughs> In terms of him climbing up draft boards, I'm laughing because I'm going to throw out a guy that had a great rookie season that you don't like to talk about. Just like when Michael Wilson came here last year yeah. out, of, out of Stanford and improved his draft stock. Uh, Remember go that? Ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, on. I didn't get I forgot about Puka. That's right. That was a layup. I was the topper one in Michael. You remember on our last podcast that I was allowed to do? Yeah. Uh, you talk about I, him. Who, I know, but who do I make? Who was my comparison? Oh, that I don't remember. Who'd you say? Wicks from Virginia. Oh, yeah. Year. That's right. He feel, You think he's a little faster? I think he's faster, but he's smooth like that yeah. with a little better speed, but that upper body flexibility right his ability to work and to adjust to off schedule throws and then when i watched him on tape at georgia he has some shake to him and some wiggle after the catch and when he opens stride uh he's going to be faster than i think most people are going to give him credit for yeah he was he was fun to watch after you talked about him initially as i was trying to get through all these senior bowl guys and then to to think about that that was a underrated wide receiver crew him and lad mcconkey and then brock powers when he was healthy that team probably should have scored more points yeah well and then the quarterback's going to be pretty good he, yeah too. he'll be he got better as the season went he along. did absolutely i'm glad he came back so i have something to talk about next next fall all right, all right now do you have a, a pop for us yeah one of the pops that i had at the receiver position was uh pearsall ricky pearsall in florida yeah and i watched him coming down and when i watched him in person He's lean, but he is a long, 
I think he is an you underestimate his speed because people may knock him that he's not fast, but he plays to probably what he's going to time. And the one thing that really stuck out to me was how crafty and savvy he yeah. is as a route runner. So if he's trying to get deep, he may not run four three, but the little shake, the little uh, ability to get a DB back on his heels mm. or to get him off balance just for that second. And then to him accelerate out of a cut or to accelerate by hit the DB out of the turn, and he has great hands. So I didn't yeah. see him have any drops, and I thought what I saw on tape even verified that more that he's going to be a really really good player uh, in the NFL. Four or five over under. I'm going to go under. Okay, because I thought when I watched him on tape that he struggled to separate on the vertical routes. Well, that's. Well, that's a dollar bet. I can't talk to Debo since I'm not allowed to talk to him. So yeah, if you can relate to him, that would make that a dollar bet. He can hear you. You just can't talk to him. So you can say what you want. To Debo, use. can you hear me? Oh, jeez. Someone drove off the road listening to you bang on the microphone. All right. Yeah. No, Ricky Pearsall has had a good two days for sure. And he look, he was uh, had a really strong college career. Another one of the many transfers from Arizona State where uh, Jaden Daniels was and also Johnny Wilson played there as well. We'll talk about him in a second. All right. Do you have another pop? Because I, I just have one pop and one drop. Yeah. No, I have another pop that uh, I liked him, and he would probably have fit into my just good football player category. And I don't know if that's the same thing as your fine young man. I still don't know what that means. And we've been together for about two years yeah. now. You know so, what a fine young man is. Just a good football player was Sanat from the tight end. Yeah, Ben. State. Absolutely. And Ben did a phenomenal job catching the ball. I think he was very good route running. But the thing that impressed me, even though he's a little undersized as a tight end, is that he was giving great effort as a blocker today. And a couple times during the team period, I just saw him latch onto some linebackers at the second level and try to finish. So I thought uh, that he was probably the best tight end I saw just what of my observation coming out of today's practice. So you're, you're going to hate this because this tight end was actually much bigger, but he, when I think about him in my mind, he wasn't this big. My comp for him, hold on to your. I got my squeeze ball. There you go. Dallas Clark often like in terms of a, a receiver. Eh, I'm not going to hate it. Oh, I'm not going to love it. Cause Dallas Clark actually was 260 coming out, which yeah. se seems big to me. Did you remember him being that big? No. Yeah. And I had like a day two grade on Senate. Like maybe third roundish, mid yeah. mid to late. We'll yeah. see what happens. Let's I don't think he is in Laporta category as far as athletically. Yeah, speed, uh, but uh, similar type football player, just as not as athletic. Yeah, okay. Because he can he can make plays in a passing game. He can block in a running game. He's just not as big or as athletic as Laporta was. And the lesson that you learn from Laporta is that you got to make sure you account for the offense and the quarterback because it could look completely different when you get to a an offense like the Lions when you're coming from an, an Iowa offense that is still at times stuck in the 50s, it feels like. And um, Will Howard, who was the quarterback at Kansas State, now going to be at Ohio State. So we'll see how that plays out for, for an Ohio State team that appears to be going all in for the national title. Any other pops? Because uh, i got to drop. Yeah, are we still doing offense, or can I give him another? Or are we going We're just doing defense? offense. I'm okay. going to do a defensive uh, offensive drop in unless you have another one. Yeah, no, I, I would say I, I will give you the floor right okay. now. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Tez Walker out of UNC. Yeah, I agree 100%. Drop, and drop, drop. from the one-on-one -on -one drills he had drops to the seven-on-sevens -seven, to the team drills, it just seemed to plague him throughout the day. And I was going to ask you this as an evaluator. When you see that, 
I'd imagine you're going to bring it up at the, the next time you interview them. What are you going to ask them? And then what are your initial thoughts when you see that and the drops just keep coming? Well, the issue this year was, you know, when you were watching Drake May, he wasn't playing, I don't believe, the first six games. And let me, just for people listening, the UNC wide receiver who didn't play the first few games because of the NCAA sanctions. Right. So all of a sudden he came back. Uh, when you watch the tape on him, he looked athletic. He looked like he can catch and catches away from his body. Looks like he has some athleticism and speed after the catch. But down here, he had, I was very shocked at how poor his hands were and how many drops he has had because you can see the route running ability. You can see the athleticism for his size, but he hasn't been able to catch the ball consistently in any of the drills that I watched today. So, yes, that is a concern. That's something that as he goes through the interviews down here is, you know, did you, you forget to check your hands on your bag when you came yeah. to the report? And that's probably exactly the question you would ask and how yeah, you ask but it, right? You know what? I'm just thinking back. We were saying, like, this was the only day I seen him. So I don't know how he caught yesterday. And hopefully, yesterday he'll rebound. was not bad. Yeah. He'll rebound tomorrow for whatever reason. He had to drop these today. But we thought the same thing of Musgrave last year when yeah. he was down here. Remember? He missed most of the season with injuries at Oregon State, the tight end that eventually got drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Season. And had a good season, and one of his best traits coming out of college was his receiving skills. But I remember one day down here, it really stood out how many drops he had had, but then he kind of rebounded. So I hope the same thing happens with Tez. Well, it's funny you mention that because Luke Musgrave was routinely one of the fastest players here. They put it up on the, on the screen, on the um, scoreboard throughout the day. Tez Walker is one of the fastest players here, too, so maybe that bodes well for him. He, he's going to Luke Musgrave route. But, right, you want to see him bounce back, and I, I would imagine more than anything it was mental. But it's one of those things in the back of your mind. Are you like, okay, this can snowball. If he has a drop in a game, it's going to be. Well, this is where you get an absolute opportunity to see his mental toughness. That's and true. A lot of times when you're evaluating a player and he has a poor game, the next game that I was anxious to see is, was he able to shake that game off and come back and play his best game? So we're in a situation with Taz Walker right now that had a poor performance today. So I'm anxious to see how mentally tough he is or how quickly he can shake off a bad practice to come back and have a really good practice tomorrow. Right. So we'll find out together. All right. Debo wants us to talk about our quarterback standard of the day, or as I call it, fine young man. Who's the finest young man quarterback position for you today? Does that mean I, I don't know what that means? What's the definition of finding like the guy who was the best today? Standout is what Debo wants to the standout. Yeah, okay. I I think they all were pretty even, but did one stand out above the rest for you? Boy, uh, you know I, I'm going to say just because I was surprised because I haven't had any exposure to him yeah. was uh, uh, Bradley Carter, Carter Bradley. Yeah, yeah Carter Bradley from South. He doesn't South look out of place here. No, and I didn't know what to expect when I saw him on the roster, and I was. Pleasant, pleasantly surprised because you knew he had some background on all the other quarterbacks coming in, but he was a fine, fine young man today <laughs> when I watched him. I watched him on the plane down a couple of days ago, and the arm popped. He's a good athlete. That popped. Uh, the first game of the season uh, was against a, a Power 5 school. I can't remember the team right now, but he, he had a bad interception towards the end. But you make those mistakes. I mean, if you want to talk about bad interceptions, I'm sure you could call up all of Spencer Rattlers, and, and that wouldn't affect the, the fact that I like him. But, yeah, he, he looks – he fits right in here. It, the, you know what popped into my head? I remember when Pat Shermer's son was here. Yeah, from Vanderbilt. Kyle. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Now, Kyle was not as athletic, but his arm was pretty talented and bounced around in the league. He was on a couple practice squads for a couple years. Uh, but I think 
Bradley was more impressive to me, but that was the first thing when you think of coach's sons, who was the last coach's son that you remember uh, at the, right. had exposure like this. And that was uh, Pat, Pat Shermer's son. Debo reminds me, Tulane was the first game that South Alabama played. They played Oklahoma State later in the season. I'm going to go back and watch that as well. But I would say in terms of comparisons, it feels like Carter Bradley is not Miles. In terms of the way the first two practices went, Miles have headed where Tyson Bajan was a year ago. Yes. Yeah, Tyson we looked very, out of sorts. Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't look – He first two practices, you're like, how did this get invited here? Yeah. But, you know, that's why we have the opportunity to stay the whole even though they may start out because when's the last time he's played? So number one in the competition number yeah, two. Yeah, but then slowly they get better and get better uh, through the week, and that's what you're trying to determine. And again, he had a really good rookie season based on the expectations and the amount of playing time they thought we thought he was going to get, and the amount of playing time he actually got. All right, I'm going to go with Michael Pratt. That was Lijay's guy yesterday. I think he continues to impress. I think Lijay likes him as a second round pick, and that may not be crazy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> can Debo? Can I hear Debo through this thing? <laughs> so, on one practice that you've seen, we know we've watched a little bit of Michael Pratt in the fall, and you have you have a, you have a pick in on, on day two. Are you taking Michael Pratt or Spencer Rattler? That's kind of like uh, I hate to put myself in this analogy. So, but, choose your words carefully. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can't say it, but I would be I would trade out. Jeez. I mean, I th I like both guys. What? Okay, well, and I may be wrong, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not perfect at this thing. Uh, let's see. I just got a text from Lijay. He says, "How is Kobe <laughs> Turner, Turner doing?" Yeah, yes, there it is. <laughs> Haven't learned how to play the run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What'd you say about Puka? Let's see what he's doing in five years. Well, he did five years of production in one year. I think he's okay. Got, so he's good. <laughs> he's good. I think Michael Pratt has. Uh, I've imp he's impressed me for sure. And I had questions about his mobility. That's not a question. I bet he was still recovering from the injury over the course of the fall. And the toughness is unquestioned. The decision-making at times, the game we watched, he, he makes important decisions, but every quarterback makes bad decisions. It's just a matter of learning from those. So I, I think he's a, a probably a day-two guy for me. Second round might be a little rich. If it's him or Spencer, I actually might be leaning towards Michael, on, don't even Michael Pratt at this no, point. But No, you wouldn't. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, he, he is my uh, fine young man of the day, my standout of the day. All right, next up. Fine young men slash standard of the day, non-quarterback offensive position. Okay. Fine young men, and you're going to be – this is a pop and a drop all on the same day. Oh, I don't even know how this works. Go yeah, ahead. Can we do that, Debo? Can I pop and drop a guy in, in, in one day? Yeah. Is it, he gave the clearance? I'm sorry, I can't hear him through the mic. Telepathically, he told me it's okay. <laughs> Debo's asleep. Let's be real. <laughs> He's catching up on some sleep. Uh, Bullard. The uh, safety, Nick. Javon from, Bullard from Georgia. From Georgia. Okay. Uh, How do you do a When I watched drop? him in the one-on-ones, I was like, this guy is not athletic as I thought he was on tape. This guy is getting run by by receivers. He is not anything that I thought I saw on tape. Then all of a sudden, you put him in a team setting, and he popped. He was quick to read, quick to react, came up and made a couple nice, even though they don't tackle, a couple nice hits yep. on guys. And – He's one of those guys that, uh, if you want to call them fine young men, I just said just good football players that you better be careful not to make your evaluation on what he does and some one on ones or what he's going to run at the combine. Uh, up. He's not branch, but you know, people knock down branch because of the four, five, eight. Yep. But some guys, and I think.
this guy fits into that category are just good football players that may not be great athletes when they get isolated in one-on-one situations or asked to go work out in uh, T-shirts and shorts. Do you have a name off the top of your head of a guy who maybe didn't practice well, but when game time came, he was up there killing people? Uh, you know, I'm going to go way, way back yeah. to the 90s. There was a corner uh, that we drafted in Detroit out of my area named Willie Big Play Clay. Oh, yeah. Willie Clay played for the Steelers for a little bit. Yeah. He played for us and the Steelers. Couldn't. Oh, no. He played for the Patriots. Yeah. He played for the Patriots. No, he didn't play for the Patriots. Have Debo look it up. I, think I know he's with the Lions. Yeah. He no, played I, I... with us, but his name became Big Clay Clay. Now, he couldn't. You ask him to do one-on-one stuff in practice, you're yeah. like cringing. And then if you ask him to go run, he's not going to run fast, but he just knows how to play the game of football. Yeah, I remember Billy, uh, uh, Willie Big Play Clay. I think I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think he played for Bill Parcells' Patriots. That's going to be my final answer. Right. I'll let Debo tell us in a second. All right, let's see what Debo says. I'm listening. The suspense is killing me, Debo. Lions, Patriots, Saints. Okay. I was wrong about the Steelers. Uh, got the Patriots. Thank you, Debo. All right. My guy, fine young man, stand out on the offensive side of the ball. And this is a guy that's gotten some buzz in the weeks coming up to the uh, to the to Senior Bowl here, and he is only impressed thus far. In fact, our buddy Pete Prisco texted me and said, I've watched this guy. He's going to be great. So that's the seal of approval this young man needs. The uh, interior offensive lineman, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. Oh, yeah. That, that's a no-brainer. But we weren't talking about him until like two weeks I, ago. He was one of my guys I brought up and the guys you were excited to look at. Oh, okay. So I'm glad you did that then. You, you, do you pay attention to what I say on the podcast? Half right? of I'm it. just a uh, scout in the corner to you. Well, the lesson you need to learn is that you, you can't you can't come with all vinegar. You got to come with honey first. And then I, I'll hear that part and then the vinegar because I start tuning out when you start yelling at me. Uh, yeah, he, he's played both center and guard here. And he feels like a guy you draft and you start for 10 yeah, years he, and you're he, fine. And he's 20 years old. He oh played center in Oregon. He was the best combination, and if you recall, of a guy that has size, that has athleticism, but actually can move people at the point as a center by himself yes. in the run game. Very athletic with his feet. Powerful, powerful, fine young man. Thank you. Uh, and I think, you know, he's – I saw him line up here at guard today, and he didn't miss a beat. So that gives you, as an evaluator, listen, I know this guy can come in and start day one at center. I think he can also come and start day one at guard for you. So, And the kid's only 20 years old, so he's only going to get better. But I thought he was the most impressive offensive lineman that I've seen down here coming in at that position. Yep. I, I said that I thought he was better than John Michael Schmitz last year, the yeah. Tipman from Wisconsin last year. I remember that part. That's who you were talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I remember. Hey, you did say that. Look <laughs> how frustrated he is. Did you miss me? <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of being able to anchor incredibly well, uh, Van Pran, the Georgia Center, was invited, and he he decided not to come this week, so we don't have a Bad chance to move. watch him. Yeah, I know you don't like that. I don't like that. But one of the one-on-ones we were watching was Bo Lemmer out of Arkansas, who's playing center against Tavondre Sweat in terms of anchoring. He had a tough rep. And look, man, I get it. You're going against a guy that that looks like he probably weighs closer to 400 than 300, and you lost that rep. But it's one of those things where you're talking about the uh, Power Johnson, you get the sense that that's what he was built for. Right. Yeah. And when we watch that one-on-one match, Sweat did. First one was kind of like a warm-up. 
<laughs> second one. He was doing 135. Yeah, against the Arkansas center. Bo Limmer, yeah. Yeah, Limmer. That was, okay, I just broke both of his legs and tore both of his ACLs because he just buckled him. Yeah. The third one, what impressed me even more with Sweat was he tried a power move, but then he did a quick swim move. And so now not only you see the power, but you see that, boy, this guy, for as big as he is, has Oof. a little bit of twitch and went right around him on a quick power to swim arm over move. So let me ask you, why didn't we see that more consistently in Texas? Because you don't know what they're asking him to do. Oh, that's true. They may that's a good ask point. him to read the run first, the two gap first, and then rush the passer. So and let those Byron are the Murphy things, do everything else. Yeah. Those are the things that you're going to ask in the meetings. Those are the things that you're going to ask, and I'm sure the scouts that have gone down through there ask what he is, what is he asked to do on tape, and then. Now you see some of the stuff and some of the athleticism that you may not have saw in Texas. You're seeing it here. Wait, so you gave me your, who was, was Javon Bullard your guy? He was my pop drop. Okay. So you haven't done yet the offensive um, standout, correct? Uh, well, you know, like I said, Pearsall was my. All right. Are you, oh, here, I have some other names you wrote down. Yeah. You want to do uh, Leggett? Leggett. Good, but I, uh, I wanted to throw a guy in that uh, I was not sure of, but I think he solidified himself as a first rounder oh. just off one day today. Off the offensive side? On the offensive side. Uh, let me guess, offensive tackle? Yeah, from Oklahoma. Okay, go ahead. Tyler Guyton. <laughs> Leger liked him a lot yesterday. Yeah, I was. I didn't know what to expect because I thought he was a little inconsistent um, when I watched the tape on him at right tackle, but this kid, his size kind of. I didn't realize he was this big and that he could move this fluid. And when you, you know, where he's going to travel in a bucket with is Mims, the offensive tackle from Georgia. Well, Mims isn't here. This kid is here. So I think if he continues to go on what at least he showed me in a one-on-ones today. Yeah. And even some of the stuff in the run grip, run blocking drills that they, this kid is powerful. I think that this kid, if you have any questions, on uh, Mims versus Guyton, or Guyton? Guyton, yeah. Yeah, that Guyton's going to eventually pass him up here because of this week. In part because he's here. And yes, uh, not I, that I'm biased. I talked up to Javon, Javon Foster coming into the week. He had a couple tough reps that we, we watched, so hopefully he had a good day yesterday from what I saw. So He's a tough kid. He just limited athletically. He is not a left tackle athlete. And you said it last week, maybe right side, maybe inside? Yes. Okay. And also Jordan Morgan's here. We haven't. Uh, we'll go back and watch him and, and come back. Yeah, he was on that. pretty smooth today. The yeah. kid, the other pass rusher from Missouri, I thought popped out was Robinson. Uh, Robinson today because they rushed him from the outside. And first rep we were watching, uh, Mizzou on Mizzou and defensive Mizzou won. Yeah, Robinson got with over a, with a Nice little. They've got some dudes here. Uh, Ray Straw was he uh, was invited, uh, decided not to come. He's a really good corner. Chris Abram Strain is here. Every time I watch him, he's breaking yeah. up passes. He's gotten a little hands and gotten some flags, but as you say. Of right. all the things to worry about, that's pretty close to the bottom of the list. So Missouri, I mean, they were a good football team, and they, they certainly have some dudes. But the Robinson kid actually went inside and, and surprised me a little bit. Okay. How quick twitch he was as an inside pass rusher show. So he's showing the flexibility. I don't think he's going to be one of those pure speed, Latu-type athletes coming off the edge, which kind of showing up here a little bit today. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but Robinson has some flexibility to rush from multiple spots, spots on the defensive side. 
uh, mentioning, speaking of Latu, I mean, we haven't even talked about him either day just because it, it's just a checkbox when you watch Latu Latu. How much credit do you give him as a probably a top, he could be a top 15 pick medically if he clears? If he, if he clears medically. How surprised are you and how happy are you, I guess, that he's here competing? Oh, he moves up in my book just because he's competing. If he clears medically, is he top 15 for you? Yes. So I watched a, a couple of reps with the early team, the national team, and uh, he went up against um, Rose Garden, the, the right tackle for Washington, who had a, a tough, had a, <laughs> you didn't have to go that far. He had a tough championship game with a couple of penalties that brought some plays back. But I thought he's a pretty good player over the course of the fall. Uh, versus Latu, there was no match. I mean, it was an unfair fight. Uh, we saw Fuaga go up against Neyland out of Western Michigan. That was a fun matchup. Fuaga yeah. is smooth. Yeah, and uh, the Western Michigan pass rusher kind of surprised me. I haven't done him. Yeah. He kind of popped out. A He's long bit. and he is thick. Yeah. And I don't think he is long. You don't think so? No. I don't, I'll look, I I'll look he, up his numbers. Go I ahead. I think he's probably 6'2", 6'3", maybe 260. Let's see what his So I think are. he's thicker than he is long. So I think you're wrong. 6'3", <laughs> 268. Um, <laughs> inch arms. Thank you. You're welcome. 34 inch arms is... Well, that's good. So yeah. it makes him a little longer. But he's not Will, Will uh, McDonald. No. Yeah. No, but he... Uh, he, he was impressive today. And another kid, I watched him uh, before I got down here, was Booker, the defensive end that came out early out of Kansas. Kansas yep. He needed to stay in school another year. But you still you think that? His, yes, I do, because I think he would have been first, second rounder next year with another year. But his athleticism and his length, he just needs to get stronger and he needs to learn technique. One, one rep in one-on-one -on -one pass pro, and I do not remember who he went against. He went around him like uh, you were watching Latu. Next one, he tried to make a move and jump inside, and the guy stoned him, and it just yeah. knocked him on his feet. So, But this kid has a lot of raw physical talent that I think teams are going to be on on the day three. Uh, depending on who works out, maybe he slides at the bottom of the third round. But this is a guy, to, Booker, to keep an eye on because of the athleticism and the natural ability. So I'm looking at Neil, and my comp for him was Peyton Turner. Could be worse. Okay, can I give you a Booker, the the guy that, that we just talked about, who yeah, you, you remind me a little of DJ Wanham. Oh, your guy. See, yeah. I, I, once again, it's unfair because you literally did months of of, <laughs> of work on DJ Wanham, and you just throw that in my face. Um, so all right, DJ Wanham, we got in the fourth round for reference. Yeah, and he's outplayed that, huh? That's a yes. All right, what do we got next here? So that's offense. You want to go defense, fine, young men, slash stand out for you? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, I gave you the one, but he was a fine, young, slash pop drop guy. Yeah, that's that's a new one, but you, you yeah. gave something new there. <laughs> I give the guy that I was disappointed in the most. We, we do not fine young men. Okay. Terrible young man, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure he's a fine young man character-wise, but terrible young men. A bad day, too. Bad day, too. Who's that? King, the corner from Penn State. He had a tough day one, too. <laughs> yeah. Because we talked about him over the summer. He does not look as athletic as I saw. Um, I really questioned his speed a couple of times. He got extended down the field. I just didn't see that second gear to catch up after he got out of his turn when he was extended. Uh, it also looked like at times he was going through the motions, which I didn't see, especially on his junior tape. It almost looked like what he looked like this year against Marvin Harrison Jr. in the Ohio yeah. State game. I just was expecting a lot more from a football player's standpoint. I'm sure he's a fine young man, but 
It's a tough player. day today. Yeah, yeah he he's, had a rough day. These are tough two days so far. Hopefully, can turn that around. But it is interesting because it feels almost like the pre-draft arc of Eli Ricks a little bit, and then the Georgia corner last year who ended up getting drafted in the fourth round. What was his name? Who also went to Philadelphia? Uh, he had a bunch of first-round buzz. Ringo. Ringo. Keely Ringo. It's my memory. Thank gosh for your for your memory because I was I was struggling to remember that. I didn't want to have Debo. Do so he has. He's still scarred from the, the 2023 Eagles season. But, right, so because Keely Ringo was a first-round conversation, and then the more you watched in the process, and he ran well, like, okay, it's the tape's not matching the, the expectations. And hopefully Kellen King can, can figure it out because he did have good tape coming into the to the year. Yeah. It just didn't work out. Do you want to give a positive, or are you just going to be negative Nelly on the uh, the standouts part of the conversation? <laughs> you mean when we find another player? That... I got one for you. If okay, you... go ahead. Michael Hall Jr. Yeah. I know him already. The interior defensive lineman from Ohio State. He's undersized. I think he weighed 280 here, plays three tech and even further inside. I didn't need him to. And in the um, one-on-ones, he was he was unstoppable. Yeah. Now, the quick twitch, the athleticism, uh, the only thing I'm concerned about is if the guard, these bigger guards, get their hands on early in the pass rush down. Does he have enough strength and power to counter, or is he going to get stalemated at the line of scrimmage? But Today, that was not the case. Uh, he was back in the quarterback during team drills. I think he had a bad pass. He had a bad thank you. He, yeah, he certainly the, did against Sam Hartman, I believe. So there were a lot of things that really popped out. Do I think he is? Well, I shouldn't say that because then Leger and you are going to team up with me. On, <laughs> team up I, on let you. me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> Wake Forest or Ohio State? Well, I know what I know now. Could yeah, have to I mean, go back year. in the future. Yeah. Here's the thing. I go like back in the past, not the future. Thank you. Right. I was thinking about Michael J. Fox. I like Kobe Turner until we got on the podcast and you made me feel bad about him. So uh, Michael Hall's good. I think he he wasn't as consistently explosive at Ohio State, but I think that's just because you have so many dudes you're rotating in and out of there, and that's what you have to figure out. He didn't he hardly played at all in 2022, which because again, you have so many guys. I think they're both twitchy. And my question to you would be the one you have about Kobe. How is Michael Hall Jr. against the run? Better. Okay. In, in college, at least what I've seen in college. Yeah. So, because I think he does play with some leverage. And I was surprised for a smaller guy that he can stack some of the Big Ten guards that he played against at the line of scrimmage. And he was quick to shed and disengage and find the ball. Would you, if you have to pick one of these guys in day two, would you take um, Michael Hall Jr. or Tavondra Sweat? It depends what you want. Well, you want a run stuffer or you want a three down guy? Yeah, what do you want? A three down guy. Okay, then you take Michael. I would, it depends what you want. Let me ask you, um, how big is Aline McNeil? Does he compare to who compares to Devondre Sweat question I'm getting to? Um because there's not a lot of guys like that. No, that those are rare. And in the trenches, big guys usually have big success if they have the high football character and things like that. Well, he's had some success so far this yeah. week. <laughs> you're, you're talking about Sweat, who's going to be on your defense on first and second down, probably come out on third downs, especially in pass rush situations where Michael Hall will probably be more of a situational guy. He can give you some reps on first and about down, second down, but probably will see most of his time as a nickel inside pass rusher. All right, I'll give you one more name if you don't have one for a standout on the defensive side of the ball, unless you got one you're ready to fire. No, go ahead. I don't, another guy hog, you, I don't want to hog the show. Another guy you know quite well who's had two good days, uh, Mr. Braswell, Chris Braswell, the Alabama yeah. edge rusher. And Will Anderson Jr., when uh, I talked to him, because you were 
traveling back in October, November, you know, he talked about Dallas Turner, but he said, don't forget about number 41, Christian Braswell, who is a really good football player. The more you watch of him, the more you like. He might have one of the highest motors in college football last season. And he's out here making an old name for himself yeah, early on. For it. I wouldn't call him undersized, but for a guy that's, you know, not the ideal frame for a typical defensive end, uh, he plays with very heavy hands. And right. He has a speed to power move that can collapse most offensive tackles, and he knows how to counter, and he knows where the quarterback is in the pocket. The only negative I had on him this year when I was watching him is that he sits there and he'll stack tight ends at the line of scrimmage. He'll stack offensive tackles at the line of scrimmage in the run game, but he was not as consistent getting off blocks and getting to the ball. Now, when he was free, he gave effort to go to the ball, but he was not as consistent as you would like to see uh, versus run. But as a pass rusher, and I was at one of the one games I talked to you live in Tennessee, he had some impact-type pass rushes that helped turn that game around for Alabama in the second half. Yep. He measured 6'3.5", 257 this week. Uh, 32 and 7 inch, almost 33 inch arms. That's plenty. That checks all the boxes in terms of what you're yeah. looking for. Would you want him to gain weight? I feel like that's about the right weight. No, at teams we're going to look at it because then it's like, okay, we're going to put weight on him. He's going to lose his explosiveness right. that he has. All right. That's it, Rick. Went a little longer today. But as Steve noted, you have a lot to say. You had to make up for lost time. But uh, that's Wednesdays. Day two practice for me, day one for Rick. In the books here at the Senior Bowl, Mobile, Alabama. Thanks to all you guys who watch and listen and comment. And by the way, we've gotten uh, several five-star reviews of, of players to evaluate. A lot of these guys are here, so we'll, we'll circle back and get those guys. Keep those things coming. Apple Podcasts, FCS or FBS player who is draft eligible, let us know, and we will talk about them. Otherwise, we will see you guys tomorrow right back here, Day 3 Senior Bowl.